Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate David's bliss now. After Come on! There is a in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true. It's real. Dinosaur fossils? I'll have to put those here to test our faith. A damn lie. I, I saw them on my own eye. Did I accuse just... Drop sharply while I was away. We did illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not This is mass madness, you maniac. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. Good and stuff. Uh, yeah. just fucking start the recording anyway. <laughs> Oh yeah, cold opens like you know they're always better anyway. Smoking <laughs> pipe. Um, yeah, man, I'm glad to have you here. I'm really glad that we connected on on the Twitter space, despite Amen. it being a raging like f- firebomb of. Like, I haven't been on Twitter since I was like 16, bro. <laughs> it's probably honestly a good, thing. good for you. Like that's <laughs> the smartest choice here. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's an it's a cesspool for the most part. I just mainly like Reddit. Uh, pick fights with like uh, the UFO Twitter gang. It's pretty fun. I've noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm friends with a couple of them though that kind of have a, uh, a I don't know a less intense flag planting in specific things kind of yeah. view of it. But I don't know. Well, cool. But I'm sure we'll get into the we can probably even acknowledge some crossovers between the shadiness of government involvement with psychedelics versus oh. shady government involvement with anything called disclosure. Yeah, I mean, 100%. it's fucking tomato, tomato, in my opinion. Yeah, but um, potato, potato. anyway, welcome to the deep share. I'm with Shane Newsom and Whoa. Vincent Rado. What's up? Vincent and I connected on Twitter. I just started following him because I started seeing him say a lot of critical things that I don't often hear in the psychedelic community. And that's immediately, uh, a, you know, it hits home for both Shane and myself. We both share a number of different perspectives on this, but like for the most part, um, kind of acknowledging all the shady side of everything and definitely not suggesting that like, it's just strictly like old news. Oh oh, yeah. There's some shady shit that used to happen, but now they're all on our side and now everybody's, you know, they're going to legalize psychedelics and everything's going to be okay. You know, it's going to just be a home run for everybody. And I just have always been really, really leery about that. As soon as any pharma, big or small gets involved in that situation or politics or, or anything like that. It just immediately seems shady. And when they're suddenly changing their minds about uh, psychedelics and wanting to allow all this to happen, it doesn't mean the psychedelics are bad at all necessarily, but there's an absolute conversation that needs to happen, you know? So that's what we're going to probably get into tonight. But first off, Vincent, let's let our listeners, uh, Get to know you a bit. Where, what started all this, and what got you into this? Oh, you're muted, man. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. All good. It happens. No worries. It happens. It happens all. I want everyone to hear the water bubbling. <laughs> um, 
Oh, we love I, it. I'm okay. So yeah, that's a, a a good question. I also just want to say hey and thanks to all the watchers and listeners out there. Um, how did I get into this? Well, that you know, if you had asked me ten years ago, I would have said like, uh, oh, I've always had a yearning for spiritual stuff and whatever. But now, and just be like as a as to bounce off uh, what you said in the intro. Um, I mean, I kind of see it now that I got into psychedelics because our generation was conditioned to. I mean, all my, you know, there's yeah. <laughs> I'm not even trying to pretend there's anything unique about it for real. I mean, y'all know you've seen the headlines and the TV shows and the mu the music and stuff. And I'm not saying that um, from a place of resentment, you know, but I'm just saying like, there's a lot of people our age that do drugs and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I don't really think it's anything special on my part. I think it's more a reflection of the social and the political and the financial, arguably even the religious forces at play in our society. So, you know, it's kind of a nerdy answer, but I'll hey, go no, with that. I, I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. And uh, so mainly my interest in, in having you on was because you have brought up a bunch of information uh at least put it in my in my sites about like different uh organizations and things like that and just uh can you talk about a little bit about some of that yeah for sure so um i uh i began using all these drugs kind of on the young side uh in high school i was like uh 14, 15, okay. like 16 when I started uh, to do all this and yep. <laughs> wound up getting in a whole bunch of trouble as a teenager, uh, got locked up and stuff, was mistreated by cops, all the stuff that comes along with mm -hmm. like living in the US mm -hmm. um, and doing drugs or whatever, or being any type of anything outside of playing by the rules. Yep. Anyway, yep. I uh, I reacted to all of that by getting even more into the drugs so even though i got in trouble for drugs at a young age and they in a way totally wrecked my life in a certain way all that did to me as a teenager was just like make me even more fascinated with all of this like why are why yeah, am i doing for this you know and at first i thought that the most authentic response to that would be to like totally pursue the drug angle get into the legalization and stuff so i started the dc psychedelic society uh in 2017 which is like an education harm reduction advocacy group um we aren't quite as active now as we have been in the past but we do still have like meetings and potlucks and stuff but um when i got that group going uh with the help of some really good friends um, we were not the first, uh, psychedelic society. So there were actually a number of others that had started. The first one was in San Francisco. Another one popped up in Portland. There was one in New York, a couple more. And then we got into, we began our group and now there's a society for psychedelics in like almost every, well, all the big cities all the big towns it's like if the population number is above like a certain point there's like a psychedelic club in like that city 
now, which is crazy because even just 10 years ago, that was not the case. But I happen to be, uh, I mean, honestly, if it wasn't me, it probably would have been someone else. You know, I was just the dude who stood up and said, Hey, do you guys want to want to do this? And, um, but it turned out there was a huge interest in psychedelics in DC. There was a, a, there were a lot of people that, that wanted a space to talk about it, but didn't have one. And there were also tons of activists and scientists and like researchers and, and authors and stuff who had already been doing this. They were already out there, like putting themselves on the line and promoting these drugs. And, um, it, it's kind of actually like a small world if you get into that network and like very soon I found myself, um, collaborating and hosting events with some pretty prominent people in in the movement um and i can talk about all that more later but just to answer your 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 question so uh i mean we were hosting events with people from maps i'm sure a lot of our listeners will probably already be aware the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies um if you're listening to me because you know my name already you already know about maps so i'm just going to leave it at that but i and then I was also working, I, I hosted a couple of events with, um, with people from the Johns Hopkins program uh, and hanging out with these people, like, you know, after the events was done, just getting high, like talking, I started just hearing certain things about how the scene works. And at first it was easy for me to just kind of like tune it out. It was just one or two things here and there, but got to a certain point where there was like a whole list of problems that I had like like witnessed or heard about just from being within the advocacy field for even just like a year or two it's pretty crazy how actually like messed up a lot of this stuff is but um I began learning like where organizations like MAPS were getting their money which was from people like the Rockefellers and the Mercers and um, I just started learning all kinds of like uh, the abuse and the harassment that happens to patients in these studies. That is, I mean, now it's getting more attention, which is great. But for years, like, well, it's just crazy because there are still people that don't talk about it. Yeah, There's I was going to say this is in at yeah, least from yeah. from from my world, they yeah. it's not talked about enough at yeah. all. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I acknowledge I'm in this little bubble and we're all talking about all this stuff all the time, but mm. does still need to enter into the larger dialogue. Like for instance, Anderson Cooper did a primetime piece on mushrooms the other night. And like, I, I didn't even bother watching it, but I doubt that they spent much, if any time, even talking about the potential like abuse of the therapist that the therapist can do and stuff. But anyway, no, not at all. There's probably a puff piece. I'm assuming. From Mr. I mean, yeah. Well, Mr. I'm not in the CIA. (laughs) You already know. You already know. But um, (laughs) so I started learning all these things, being upfront from the actual people in the movement, and I was just like, whoa. And I, it just honestly, it put me on pause. Like, I still love all these drugs, but when I kind of began to learn how the actual the advocacy movement and the research was operating. Um, plus, I'm personally very interested in like politics and religion and history and all that kind of stuff. So I was always trying to plug this into like the bigger picture. Um, mm-hmm. And I it just got to a point where I was like, in good conscience, I could not keep 
hosting a panel discussion every month about how great MDMA was because there was just so much else going on. And it got to the point where like the events that we were doing was all like, like one of the last big ones that I organized before I kind of took a step back was dismantling psychedelic patriarchy which was kind of like a continuation of an event that had been organized by Catherine McLean. And that was the stuff I wanted to be talking about. It was like a whole panel discussion all about the patriarchal abuse that happens inside of this research and this network. But it was probably our single least well-attended event that we had ever organized. And I just got really jaded. I was like, ah, I want to talk about this stuff, but nobody wants to listen to it. And I just took a step back for a few years and got a job and like, like focused on myself and all this kind of stuff. But long story short, so that's kind of where I am now. So I've been spending the last few years really um, grappling with all of this. And I've been been working on a few different books. There's one I released last July. There's one uh, that's coming out very soon called High and Mighty, which we, I'm happy to talk about. Yeah. And uh, I got another one coming out. But um, all of these books are basically me trying to share like what I've learned as an organizer um, with the public, because there's just so much more to it than people realize. So anyway, I, that was a long winded answer. I apologize. That was great. Of, oh, not at all, man. That's what we wanted. That's what we needed. You know, <clears throat> want to understand where you're coming from. And uh, yeah, the rock, <clears throat> would you say that, that you found like they were, they're getting money from like Rockefellers and stuff like that. Yep. Everybody gets money from Rockefellers, right? I mean, who cares? They're just really rich or something. What I don't understand <laughs> is like, why, are they trying to like push psychedelics so hard like i mean i guess it i mean it could traumatize a lot of people it could leave a lot of people lost and i guess that's what they want because i, I don't know from my personal experience and andy's from what i've gathered is you know most people don't what they said you know uh what was it terrence mckenna said you know once you pick up the phone you get the the answer you, you hang up the phone i think right. that was alan watts or something but or, yeah. or something or something yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, a lot of people don't, they, they're in the realm, but they don't even hear the phone fucking ringing Yeah, and they can keep going back all day and just party, 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 party and never yeah. get a thing from it. Oh, totally. Or even if it's not just party, even if it is like seeking, seeking the deepest right. realms, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, you and I yeah, both yeah, have yeah. talked about Vince. Maybe you can relate to this. Oh yeah, this totally. this uh, place so that you get to where the janitors are mopping Brian, the floors, they're and they're like, "Why are you here again?" Yo, you great. told oh. yourself so many times. Yes. You yes. weren't going to get here again. Yeah. It was like, whoa, what? Is and so like yeah. <laughs> I learned personally and Shane's we've talked about it extensively that it's like, yeah, you, you put down the phone and as even Maynard James Keenan of tool once uh -huh. said, I, it's like, I love tool, but then I have a love hate relationship with them. But, uh, he, what did he say? He was like, uh, use it as use psychedelics as a tool, but then, you know, spend the rest of your life trying to get back there without them, you know? And I think that was valuable, but of course 
It's probably loaded too. I don't know. Well, there's a lot there behind Tool and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the general message I got from psychedelics. So it's like you already yeah. fucking know what you need to know. Right. Yeah. Integrate put, and fucking yeah. you know, yeah. put your head Blast into this shit. Off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Choose your so, path. Do something. And I yeah. think, yeah, yeah I, a lot of people, including myself, experienced a extremely long time to wake up to the message. I think because there's no guidance really. I mean, everybody's 100%. kind of children. It's, it's Lord of the flies, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're taking the words out of my mouth, like both of you, <laughs> honestly, like it sounds like <laughs> yeah. in a good way, because it sounds like we, we um have experienced very similar things, you know? And I just want to say for people out there who are listening, like um, if you are really into the tryptamines and the phenethylamines and all that kind of stuff right now, and you hear what we're saying and you're like, oh my God, these guys don't get it. These drugs are so cool. They clearly don't know what they're talking about. Like, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I also was in that perspective for a long time. Yeah. Like to get to the place that you both are talking about, I, you know, I mean, and that's the thing, like these drugs are often portrayed as like, oh, you just use them like once or maybe three times and they'll change your life forever for the better. And that can definitely be true, but it's like drugs in general are more entropic than people realize. And what, mm -hmm. what is not in the literature really yet is that people have responses to these drugs. Uh, like, for example, um, I... I mean, I was using them very recklessly, but I thought I was being super smart about it at the time Same. because I was reading all the maps pamphlets. I was reading the Rick Strassman books and the Terrence McKenna books. Mm. And all I thought the dead heroes, I was, as I say. <laughs> right. I thought I was like onto some next level shit. And I was literally just like going through bag after bag of DMT until I was incoherent and people literally didn't even understand what I was talking about. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I thought I was like yeah. on some cool shit. Yeah, and people were like, "What the f is wrong with you?" It's might like, have in been my mind, but like you were just <laughs> yeah. like you were vibing on a way different fucking level than this, and where it wouldn't even apply anymore. I know, I know exactly. I've yeah. been there, yeah, and yeah. a very good friend of mine has gotten there, and like I'm with him, I'm with him, I'm with him, and then he's just like on some shit. It's like, dude, like, yeah, we're humans, bro. Like that's not happening. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of us, like, I, I often say that, like, quote-unquote enlightenment, uh, there's too much focus on this ascension rather than grounding. Yes. And, I, uh, yeah. The psychedelics are, I hate to say, because uh, a lot of me loves what they've done for my mind in a way, but <laughs> the more I spiral back around, who fucking knows? But, uh, yeah, they're definitely an engine starter for sure. They're just... Um, yeah, the, the idea of changing your life forever for the better. Man, I came out of that feeling like the crazy person in a movie. Yeah, dude. Like, even amongst my friends who also took psychedelics. Like, you know, yeah. it just hits some of us differently. And See, I think it's not even the psychedelic because drugs just show you yourself, you know, different parts of yourself. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, just I've, a rant. I've told just rant. No, no, no. talked about this a million times. I've had um, a solipsis since Fuck I was a yeah. little kid. Oh, geez. And like, right. you know, I kind of grew out of it mostly, but like I always kind of had that sense. And I took psychedelics and it was just like completely reaffirming for me. And it just completely disconnected me from everybody for so long. And it's been so hard 
to be able to ground myself, as Andy said, and, you know, actually live my human life and not <laughs> constantly trying to be right. in the spiritual realm or whatever you want to call it. Oh, totally. Yeah, and, I, I think. Oh, sorry. Go on. That was it. That was it. Vincent, oh, no, do you I... think there's driving forces behind that financial patriarchy or whatever that uh, has something to do with what Shane just mentioned? Like this solipsis thing is, I mean, there's like books about it and a lot of psychedelics are mentioned a lot of times. I don't know if you felt that way. Like it's a very you, you made it all of up. You. For listeners who are, may not be familiar with the term, do you want to give just like sure, a... Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Solipsis uh, is the understanding at least from your own perception that you are the only thing in existence and you mm. made everything else up mm. like this yeah, is yeah. just your own dream yeah and it's not that you're seeing life from the other side of that dream like a lot of new age stuff is fucking filled with yeah but it, and not nothing against experiencers or near death ex i love all of you and talk to you talk to them often but um shit i lost my train of thought uh oh, no. Yeah. I yeah I mean you you both had you both had a couple of good points in there and there was a question that I did catch that I will answer cool um yeah about the solipsis and whether that a is interesting and I would just want to say thank you to Shane for like sharing about that I do cool. think I I mean I'm not a psychologist right like this is just us talking like right. that general um obsession with the self it's it can definitely happen without the drugs but I think especially if somebody like for example i started getting into this stuff when i was like a teenager mm -hmm. and when you're a teenager you're already grappling with very weird questions about like what is reality and stuff yeah and like i was like adding like k-holes and like bong hits of dmt to that yeah. and it's just like i was just acid and mushrooms but <laughs> I mean, as I would have preferred to have access to acid and mushrooms for real, but for I was, yeah, honestly. <laughs> I was so eager to start doing drugs and the ketamine and the acid and the DMT were just what I found. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, whatever I found, which I is couldn't also, find DMT. Which, <laughs> yeah, we all. I'm assuming we all DMT. lived in the suburbs of some kind, right. in, in some so, way or another. And this goes to Andy's question, which is like, are there driving forces behind this phenomenon? Okay, so hundred percent. That's actually one of the themes of my new book, High and Mighty, which is uh, the, the subtitle is How People in Power Use Drugs. Okay. Right. I've and seen then, that. You advertise it. I've been pushing it for you as much oh, as I can. You. I appreciate I all the keep doing that. Can't wait to read it. Thank you. Um, and how people in power use drugs could be interpreted a lot of different ways. But for simplicity in the book, I break it down into two ways, which is how do people in power use drugs on themselves? And then how do they use drugs on others? Mm -hmm. And awesome. really a lot of the interesting stuff is in the second part. You know, the first part is just like a bunch of rich, powerful dudes getting messed up. Like we already know that, you know, we can just turn mm -hmm. on the news and see it like Prince Harry and stuff. Okay, cool. But what's really interesting about the relationship of the, the upper class, particularly in our society, but if you look back in history at any society, particularly empire-based and capitalist-based cultures um uh the the drugs okay so drugs are absolutely foundational to um the history of the united states but also our politics and just like what it even means to quote be un-american and i use that term 
with great caution. I actually don't like to say America or American because that's they're named after a European colonist. It's like, why are we using these names for anyway? Another yeah, tangent we'll save, you. but <laughs> it, it actually ties back into this because those driving forces, they actually go all the way back to Columbus, the church. Like mm -hmm. these, 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 these figures and these institutions that have been around for hundreds and years that we just associate with like whatever, like mundane reality history, they're the same ones that have been interested in this the whole time. Like, for example, the first uh, recorded uh, case of an indigenous person in the Western hemisphere consuming a DMT containing plant came from somebody who had accompanied Columbus on one of his ships interesting it goes all That's the way back ridiculous isn't that crazy his name was it's like a nugget for us to find and go oh yeah. see yeah yeah it's like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> columbus was a fucking prick like well he's like he's like the guy that like came here like, no he dude yeah, yeah. it's, it's so, all just there for us when, gordon wasson man 100 well he is the modern continuation of that lineage yeah. did you guys i mean you guys may already know that wasson had a direct line to the vatican as part of his job at jp morgan i didn't know that nugget about his job at jp morgan okay so did you know that his specialty was in special uh sorry in public relations or pr perfect so and before he got into the 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 mushrooms like part of the way he had gotten on jp morgan's good side was he had basically pitched the marketing for a huge contract that JP Morgan had with the government where they sold a bunch of defective guns to the military. And it was Wasson who pitched that sale. And they were like, we like you, you're moving up. And he became a vice president at JP Morgan where he specialized in public relations. And that's what he was doing when he got into the mushrooms. And people, that, yeah. well, sorry, go ahead. On the surface, it looks like, okay, whatever. That was his day job, man. But he was actually ahead and he liked the mushrooms. What people <laughs> don't, don't realize is that these things are the same thing. His public relations job at JP Morgan, where he was on the phone with the Vatican and him publishing books about how mushrooms are a way to access God. It's not an accident. And on the no. surface, and I, his I know government it, involvement as well, right? Yes. I mean, oh, the CIA was signing his checks. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's literally um, the the CIA declassified out there. You can it's open source on the internet. There's a letter from Dulles to Wasson. Yeah, dude. Like from and for readers who are not aware, that's Alan Dulles, the director of the Central Intelligence Agency uh, in the '50s and the '60s while MK Ultra was going on. There's a whole lot more with Dulles that we'll you know save for later. But there for for people who like why this is relevant is that. Alan Dulles was the CIA director who launched MKUltra. And the CIA has released declassified personal correspondence between Alan Dulles and Gordon Wasson. Right. So when people try to say, oh, there's no connection there, this was just his hobby. They'll, they'll justify that too. There's plenty yeah. of justifiers oh, yeah. out there. Well, I did and even all to the far extent of saying, well, yeah, man, there's like a faction. In, and again, a parallel to the alien UFO thing. No, man, there's factions in the government that are on our side and they're against the bad guys, man. It's right. a fucking comic book. It's an Avengers right, right. movie for them. Yeah. Well, this goes back to ancient e Egypt and I'm happy to give the breakdown if Ooh. 
I'd love to you hear your perspective on that because I'm I my head is stuck in ancient history most yeah. of the time. So I love this stuff. Okay, so the way you just mentioned where it's like this has been pitched to us as something like cool, but then when you start to dig, it's like maybe this is just another another project backed by the government. Um, but on this, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, it sounds like how why would they do that? But like the whole point here is that this basic um, concept where the regime in power within an empire, instead of totally eradicating the counterculture or the opposition, they infiltrate it and they allow it to continue to exist. Mm. Because what rulers learned in 2000 BC, more or less in ancient Egypt or Kemet, when the, uh, okay, so um, as may, some people may know that a lot of the early spiritual traditions in history were based on the sun worship. Oh, well, yeah. Because it's not hard to figure out why. I mean, the sun is the light that grows our food, all that, yada, yada. Yeah. So a lot of the early political structures um were run on the pretense that the figure in charge of the governing body was the personal uh re representative of the sun right yep and a lot of the earliest power structures were based on that kind of an ideology mm -hmm. um and this starts with ancient egypt i mean for all i know it could go back even further i haven't really done my research before ancient Egypt, you know, well, just... I got some episodes for you, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> but, so um, around uh, this, the second millennium BC in ancient Egypt, the the government, which was based on the sun worship, they. OK, so in ancient Egypt, even though the government was based on the sun, where the emperor would say, hey, I'm the sun, you should you should follow me like how you follow the sun, treat me that way and you'll have good, good times. But there were still people who had their own belief systems and were like, OK, Mr. Sun guy, I'm over here praying to the moon or whatever or <laughs> like what have you. And so there were different what is called uh, cults, you know, and that's a loaded word. So yeah. I say that with, you know, I'm not trying to degrade or downplay the gravity of what these groups were in society to call them cults in a way is, is, is belittling. But I just use that word because in the literature, that's the easiest way for people to find this history. Well, it's because, also etymological too. I mean, this right, is where like these culture, words come yeah, from. Yeah, culture exactly, comes exactly. from the word cult. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. You so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm rambling here, but basically to, to bring it up to speed. So when okay so the sun-based government in ancient egypt they at one point tried to eradicate all of the other cults that were not the sun-based because they wanted to get the whole population on the same page that's easy to understand from a ruler's perspective why they would want to do that mm -hmm. but most people don't really ever take it beyond like okay i can see that and but what the rulers they actually did that and what happened is all the other cults had a reaction against the government. And what they realized is that the smarter thing to do for the longevity of the state is to allow the other cults to exist. 
and you still run the sun god or the main the main belief system of the empire still exists and you still want to get people in that but if people get their own belief system or a counterculture of any sort what the ruling class has learned since ancient egypt don't totally ban them allow them to be part of your party and then they'll be voting for you when paying your taxes before you know it <laughs> and okay so this wisdom was actually passed on from the egyptians to the greeks okay mm -hmm. and then from the greeks to the romans and in every time period it takes a different form so in ancient egypt it's the sun god and the the pharaoh at battle with the various cults in particular like the osiris cult which is a good one to look at for people who want to oh, see yeah. how this all connects in in the 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 uh in 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 ancient greece one form that this took was in the battle between the state and those who partook in the the mysteries of Eleusis, yep. which the psychedelic nerds will already know what that means. But for those who aren't, it was another one of these ancient spiritual cults in ancient Greece, which is widely accepted to have used a drug-based beverage to induce a spiritual experience. And a lot of the upper class in ancient Greece were in this ritual. And a lot of the drama uh, around the history of Socrates and Plato and Aristotle it actually kind of like ties into how the the Greek state responded to people who were accused of of um, like sharing the the cults with the public. Like it, it gets really deep, and I'm happy to explain how each particular one ties through. In the Romans, it was the Roman Empire and the Christians, and right. the Christians were the backlash against the Roman Empire. At first, the Romans tried to eradicate the Christians, but the Christians didn't go anywhere. They just kept multiplying so the romans figured out let's legalize christianity <clears throat> legalize christianity as in it had actually been banned so what the whole point that i'm getting at here is that the rulers have learned if you actually totally eradicate the opposition it just comes back to bite you even harder so you want to give it a type of an equilibrium where your opposition is under the belief that it actually has a chance <laughs> at like like winning this thing but the whole time you are you are the one collecting the taxes and deciding how the revenue is spent now all of that wisdom from ancient egypt and ancient greece and the romans has been obsessively studied and passed on among the modern power structures in the west and when you look at groups like the freemasons and the cia they, I mean, they openly acknowledge their, their influence with this ancient period and how the empires of these cultures would handle the various problems of their day. So I'm, you know, I'll shut up now, but. No, it's great. You just threw so much in there, man. Yeah, I mean. This... Fox saga, it goes all the way back. Everyone's oh, just Jesus. copying the forefathers. It fucking, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we could do a whole episode, man. We uh, just talking about like, well, let's talk about what might have happened before Egypt as well, and before oh, yeah. Kemet. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so, what I want to know Excuse is, me. what is their fucking motive? Oh man! Like, well, so that's subjective, brother. I mean, we literally don't know. Well, we don't and it varies know. from person to person. Okay, so, um, like even if you look at the individual key players, <laughs> like inside the movement. A lot of them have different motives. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the, the key people involved 
are not even aware of like the true power dynamic that's driving their careers. Mm. And so as to whether or not they're like down with this. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This tournament's been going around lately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was a useful idiot, honestly. Like I, I, uh, anyway. Y'all of us have been there. Yeah. But the whole point here is that this, this goes back. And so, if you actually read like the writings of Alan Dulles, for example, the CIA director who launched MKUltra, or if you look at the writings of Tim Leary, you know, oh, the, yeah. the godfather of LSD and all that, they send openly, your children to Tim. Yeah. <laughs> they openly profess in their own writings how much they love the politics and the religion and the history of ancient Greece and ancient Egypt and ancient Rome and Socrates, they all, they both, both Dulles and Leary write about how they love Socrates. Like there's actually an interview out there with Alan Dulles where he's like, Oh yes. The various forms of intelligence gathering trace back to the time of Socrates. Ha ha ha. And it's like, he literally is just saying it, but Oh yeah. Unless you actually go and do the research. And now, so, so part of what I'm, I'm, I write in high and mighty is, I actually, you know, I went back and I read Plato, I read Aristotle, I read The Art of War by Sun Tzu, and I actually picked out all the specific lines that are applicable to what's going on right now with drugs, which at first you would think, okay, whatever, but there's actually like so much material, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's, what's wild is like, if you read The Art of War, for example, which some background here, so like, Back when I was a useful idiot, just like saying, hey, everybody, let's take these drugs. Yeah, legalize. I mean, I wasn't explicitly saying that, but that was kind of the vibe. And I was advocating them constantly. Mm -hmm. I attended a conference that was held in Baltimore by a a group called Students for... I played a lot of shows in Baltimore. Yeah, there's a lot of dope music in Baltimore. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of cool people up there. You know, I actually, you know, I got into all this in Baltimore, like... I got into the psychedelic advocacy by hanging out in Baltimore and going to meetings that people were already doing up there. Um, but uh, to get back to the question. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, I don't even remember the question, but this is all good stuff. <laughs> there were just a million different directions. I was about to um, <laughs> throw them off. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Spots. Sorry, we've been talking about Alan Dulles and. Oh, yes. Okay. The Art of War. Boom. Mm, Alan cool. Dulles. Okay. Thank you, my friend. At least one of us has our short-term memory together. A okay. little. No, no. Yeah. Okay, so. <clears throat> All right. Fair. I was at this conference in Baltimore that was hosted by a group called Students for Sensible Dr- Drug Policy. Here, actually, do y'all mind if I just take a bong here real quick? I know that sounds ridiculous, but Dude, I actually... No, uh, 100%. no that's actually a beautiful... Opinion. So yeah, I just want to say, quick, right there. I just made a little quip about the memory and stuff. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't think there, that cannabis has a fixed effect on our memory. Dude, I, I don't feel, either, bro. I feel like my memory is actually enhanced the higher that I am because the cannabis and terpenes open up. It's some whole shit. Anyway. Well, yeah, the cannabinoid more. system yeah, yeah. in us. I did a whole episode with Shane mm-hmm. and I did an episode with a man, uh, a doctor. Cannabis doctor, bro. Yeah, man. Um, it was really oh, man. cool. Oh, how am I? Blanking on his name, bro. Yeah, me too. But He's see, there's so my cool. Memory. <laughs> midterm, midterm memory is like I like to call it. 
Like, you know, I can ask my wife what she had for breakfast last Monday and she's going to be able to tell me. Dr. Matthew Adams. Yeah, Matt Adams, man. He was good. And we talked about the endocannabinoid system and how it, oh, dude, that was a whole that rabbit hole. Cool. Awesome. I'm going to go check out that episode. And he Fuck knows yeah, all about. Um, maybe have you and him on together and we can fucking that'd jam. That would be a badass that'd fucking be episode. Awesome. <laughs> that'd be great. He's, he's yeah, um, I mean, into the whole. Uh, he doesn't like to call it sovereign citizen. What does it call? Internet state national. State national. Yeah, he state was like national, the sovereign citizen dude. shit oh, is just bullshit. It's okay. a rap. It's a total bullshit scam. When a lot of it is, and yeah, he was telling us about some of it. But like, he's got one angle. Those guys that call themselves sovereign, they that's one angle. Then there's like seven other angles that will all disagree. With <laughs> yeah, dude. It's I remember wild. I kept asking Matt. I was like, all right, so where? where's the source of this? Like, where can I read this and see this? And he's like, well, uh, it was just like yeah. this kind of roundabout answer. I'm like, yeah, but where do, where can I read that you, how you found out he's that, like, it's I'm, in my that book. I'm, he's like, it's in my book. And everybody Perfect. else but... is worth $3 million by the age of 18 on the stock market. And if you go around some rules, you can fucking just get access to that money. And it's just, and that sounds like, no offense to Dr. Matt Adams because the endocannabinoid stuff was awesome. I hope he's being safe with this other law shit because I don't know. I, it sounds way too good to be true in some respects, but I don't know. That was just my take on that part of it. The yeah. the whole us being, I've heard, but I've every, heard about every that. Every individual. I know I've heard time, that too. You know, that like but, we ha we're all millionaires and we just don't know how to get access to it. I'm just like, ah. I know, I know. Money's a I trap know. already. I know. So. so it's like, it's just a fucking, it's got to be, dude. It's got to be. It's like, like, no, Bitcoin, man. It's uncentralized. We got to keep uh, What, <laughs> faker <laughs> money than our already fake money? Oh, awesome. Great. Faker, and now it can just get turned off money. if I drop it in a puddle. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, no. Vince. Go no, ahead. you're good. The, <laughs> the Bitcoin thing is actually a, another good example. Uh a good example of this concept where there's is something that is presented as as a counterculture mm -hmm. but when you actually look at what's going on you can tell that the power behind it is rooted in the government oh yeah and if we want to get into the connection between the internet and the psychedelics and how the the research on the psychedelics directly played into the birth of the personal computer culture Oh, absolutely. We can totally dig into that. But I just wanted to say this point about the art of war. Thanks for your patience out there. Absolutely. <laughs> Great points, actually. I'm really excited to check out that podcast. And I would it would be an honor to talk with him. And I'm going to go check out his 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 work. Hell yeah, man. So in Baltimore, which is, yeah. So I was at a conference up there. And there was a dude by the name of Neil Franklin, who had been a cop in Baltimore, in, in the Baltimore PD for like years and years and years. And I think he had served in the military for a few years before that and stuff. And he was actually really cool because he was a cop who saw what he was doing was wrong and stopped doing it. Wow. And, you know, like people might say, hey, weren't you just talking about the infiltration of the counterculture? Here's a cop. And he saw, and so there's layers to it. I, yeah, I think that Neil Franklin as an individual is is a good dude i don't like personally know him but he, the information that he shares in his talks is just like it's pretty powerful stuff so i was attending a talk that he was giving at this conference it was back in like 2018 or so and this barely even it it barely registered then but it just planted enough of a seed 
that later bloomed into something. But in his talk, Neil Franklin said, and this is actually out there on YouTube, if people want to go look at it. I have a link to it on my Substack. Uh, but he he tells us he was like, and this, so the audience is all people who are trying to change the drug laws. It's all young people in college who want to change our nation's drug laws. Yeah. And his message for us, he had a lot to say, obviously, but one key thing is he said, everybody in this room should read The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Hmm. And he said, the reason why you should read this book is because all the people you're fighting, <laughs> that is their manual. One the of them, yeah. And the military, the intelligence, and he didn't go super into detail, but he was pretty cool. And he was like, look, look, people like you should check out this book. If you want to know who you're up against and what they're doing, read The Art of War. He, he he was a cop. He was in the military. And he said, like people who are cops and in the military and that book is like a, it's like a Bible to them. Mm. And that I kind of was like oh that's interesting because i like the history and stuff i was like oh huh but i had never read the art of war i was like okay i didn't really know how to apply it so i was like cool but then like years later i remembered like didn't neil franklin say something about the art of war and so i got a copy and i read the whole thing and it it literally it, it was like he said it, it i felt like i was reading an instruction manual for the war on drugs wow and wow no, seriously. I mean, I've already written about this on my Substack, and it's going to be a key part of the the beginning of High and Mighty because I, I I break down for people how all this stuff that we're seeing in the last few decades, last few years, even right now, this is like ancient political science. Oh, yeah. It's not anything new. Like, and there's a number of things that Sun Tzu says. One, which is what I think just like describes the war on drugs to a T. There's a line in the art of war where he says, seize what your enemy holds dear. Because Beautiful. when they cannot have what they need, they will feel helpless and it will be even easier to manipulate them and conquer them. And of course, the text is vague on purpose because it is supposed to be adaptable to many situations. So it's right. like and what your enemy for like dear. personal yes like yes. For positive things yes. many times too yeah so like seize what your enemy holds dear you know it could mean like oh yeah that piece of land that the other nation's military needs to get to us or whatever that's like on the surface level but when you realize that alan dulles and all the cops and all these guys are reading the art of war hmm. seize what your enemy holds dear to me that's like drug prohibition i mean like part of my my learning is that drug use is an inherently natural part of life you know like it's not yeah. anything unusual every every single person alive will consume a drug at one point or another whether that's like sugar i was tea, just gonna say coffee, sugar brother <laughs> prescriptions i mean i argue salt is a drug because yeah. technically you actually do not need salt to live and there were that's a whole other thing i could get into but the That's drugs that like the things that your enemy holds dear could be anything but because neil franklin had told us to read the art of war and apply it to the war on drugs that's what i was doing and that i mean it fits and then but the thing is there's so much more so like um there's a couple different parts of the art of war where 
he he talks about um hiding order in a cloak of disorder where you want to make it look to the public like it's just they have no idea what's going on who knows it's just people doing their thing this is all just a bunch of chaos we're not we don't know we're just our government trying to protect you guys right but like within the disorder and the chaos is how that's where sun tzu says that's where the action is that's where you should be controlling everything so that actually everything that people look at and they see is uncontrolled you already have a plan for you already know about you're already aware of you already have 10 different plans for how you're going to handle it and again like this is basic political science i think the art of war came out around like the third or fourth century bc and like every major like military leader and not i don't want to overgeneralize but i mean this is like a classic like a lot of the big the big people and if you read their their memoirs and biographies so like why this is relevant to the to the war on drugs right in alan okay so alan dulles has a book i think it's called the art of intelligence or something like that jesus really oh yeah and he what a prick not yeah, even no, hiding it. No, yeah, exactly. They're not even hiding it. Like they're counting on us to just like not put it together. Isn't they that the whole that karma we... thing? Yeah, what okay, I'm so... worried about is that they're they're like using us, the creatives of the world, to yeah. bring about a world they want or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, we can get well, into that, but that's, that's theory. Okay, so... But that's kind of like just real quick to like yeah. what you were saying about the you know, the formation of all this, like the fact that they're the ones that are that were also obsessed with these ideas. Yeah. That's like a really central theme in why they're pushing it on us. And I think that's where I was kind of shouting about, we don't know the motive. We don't know the motive because it's coming from the secret societies, but from a very like religious point of view, but then that's debatable or are they just putting that shit out there for us to think that they're, like, yeah. cause think about okay. it. We, I come from the conspiracy community, man. So mm. most people in my community and I, and good love to them. I love everybody, but I don't agree with everybody when they, they call this some satanic takeover that's happening yes. because okay. I already know that that word doesn't mean what they think it means. Cause I like language yeah. <laughs> a lot of the shit that, okay. yeah. And a lot yeah. of the fucking religion that I studied, like fucking dates Egypt by it thousands of years as well yeah, yeah, and that, yeah that's where my head's at and it's like these everything gets related back to babylon sumer egypt um but yeah. these were even ad- adaptations of symbolism and things like that but these yeah. whatever they're involved in they're either yeah, yeah okay. i don't know I mean, that's a, well, no, that's a no, lot no. you just said a lot of great things and what's wild all right so you just characterize okay you just made a lot of great points i you, <laughs> first you said i'm really interested in how the government controls the art and the creative people in our society and uses that for their agenda all right and then you 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 mentioned something about like that this is all supposed to be too complicated for us to put together and to understand and you mentioned something about like with uh the religious you you were like you were talking about how there's a school of thought that this is all a satanic like conspiracy 
And, oh yeah, the Vatican is right. well, divine oh, yeah. serpent, like Vatica. But, so you know, you made a great point though, where where you you asked like, is that actually their goal, or is there a deeper goal, and they're just doing that? Okay, so right. and you characterized ass. all of those questions and that knowledge as conspiracy stuff, right? Right, but and actually, I agree with some of it, or well, to yeah, some extent, you know. But all the things that you are actually saying more or less aligned to stuff that aristotle was writing about in politics mm -hmm. and that plato was writing about in the republic okay so both plato and aristotle they actually wrote about you need to control the music of a society mm. everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because oh, if wow. the music, literally, it's and this is beautiful. Keep, and these are the classics that the people who rule our lives are studying this shit. In I was quoting Plato all the time, man. Air I conditioning, was, yeah. Well, yeah, dude, the, the cave, man, the cave. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Plato's well, my hero. Oh, and the cave is heavy, but there's a lot more. There's a lot more, and like enemies tell the truth too. Yeah, right yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, okay. So you also said. um they don't want us to be able to have the or i don't want to paraphrase but you right. you made a good point about like um this is not designed for us to be able to know what's going on like we're just doing our thing and living our lives and think this is what's happening like that is also out of aristotle so in politics he says for tyrants who want to like maintain their order what they can do is keep the working class so busy and so distracted that they don't have enough time or energy to have a revolution okay that's perfect so this yeah. is literally an aristotle and you're saying like ah this is just some conspiracy stuff but like no no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying yeah. that it's in yeah. conspiracy <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah. taken as just yeah. conspiracy yeah. but yeah. it's i just wanted to point out the importance yeah. of this religious yeah. aspect of it that yeah. even though it's not satanic in the way that I think a, a lot of people yes. perceive this to be yes. a reptile. Okay. I'll, let me phrase this better. Yes. A lot of people in the community and I'm friends with a lot of them. We talk about this often together oh. is that this is like aliens, reptilians, right. they're in secret. They're in, right. it's all connected. Right. right and right, right. I agree to a certain extent, that that is exactly what's being put out there for yeah. a select group of people, right? Mostly creatives, yeah. people yeah. that grew up jaded, people yeah. that grew up that didn't yeah. fit in with normal society. Yeah. Yeah. They are calling to us, yeah, to yeah. buy into something, yeah, well, over and over and over again. But yeah. it's the tr there's a truth layer, but then yeah. there's the psycho bullshit layer oh, totally. where serpent symbolism was yeah. the elite class, right, right. Where and now it's reptilians, right? Because we're looking at the Egyptian hieroglyphics. We know these were the bad guys. We can, we know it, but 
we some there's a select group of us that think they're reptilians in hiding and right. things like that. And then even if people don't believe directly in this physical reptilian take, like David Icke, Nephilim Icke's giants, Nephilim giants. I, right, now, right, right, oh right. my God, there's a lot of history there, but oh, yeah. you know, but also they still think of a supernatural side to this, even for because of psychedelics yeah. in some right. cases, right, right. and. Exactly. There is an element there because these secret yeah. societies do blood rituals yes. like they it's and yes. and whether it's all for some show or not, like the Alex Jones footage of fucking uh, inside uh, Bohemian Grove back oh. in the 90s oh, yeah. and the cremation of care with all these fucking rich people doing yeah. either a fake ritual or a real one. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like I talked to my dad about that. Who's very against all conspiracy. And I'm like, okay, dad, but you have to accept the fact then if none of it's real, if it's not some sacred old ancient blood cult or whatever it is mm -hmm. behind, you know, that we don't know any details of, honestly, uh, you'd have to accept the fact that your government wants people to think there is. Mm -hmm. And that's when he was like, shit well <laughs> what did you get, that fuck <laughs> did you do a show recently that talked about um project blue beam yeah i was uh well or, we talked about it like this much yeah. you know okay. and that so was then, introduced by jack valet he was okay, talking yeah. about world war one and how uh -huh. there was operations that wanted to project muhammad right. or jesus over enemy bat battalions and stuff yeah. like that there's an interesting book out there by an author named um Annie Jacobson. It's called I've heard of her. Area 51. She's a actually really great author. Um is she I, did she go on Rogan and talk about like yes. that the All Russians the were stuff. the Russian babies or kids were in the UFO or something? She argued I like that angle. <laughs> she, well, she argued that a lot of the alien stuff emerged as an alternative explanation for these military and like these war games and stuff that were going on between Russia and us during the cold war. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't write the book. I didn't see the documents she did, but her argument is like very convincing. And I think it's worth checking out for people who are into this stuff, but um, there's a lot going on here. Right. So like, I don't know if you, are you familiar with like how the lead singer from blink 182 rocks like a free it sounds silly right oh dude i'm deep in it man i well, argue with these people all okay. the time i tag I, him on look, twitter look, look, like look, an asshole the lead singer from blink 182 tom DeLong. yeah yes he started a group with a longtime cia guy yep and their whole thing is like aliens yeah ttsa mm -hmm. to the yeah, stars exactly. academy and the thing is if you go to their website and you look into the details they're a production company for movies for the most part and and <laughs> uh and his his talking points are that yeah it's like fictional creations to inspire yeah. us in this direction right, i'm like exactly. oh so predictive programming yeah. and control <laughs> okay no 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 problem no right. problem right fucking so mr mr pop punk <laughs> and then to to tie it back to your point where it's like, is the religious thing really their real goal or is that just a way of control? Okay. Mm. Another thing that Aristotle says in politics is it's important for the ruler to appear to be religious. Right. Even if you don't really believe that shit, at least go to church so the public thinks you do. Right, right. Because well, that's okay. That's for the politicians, but those are fucking puppets. They ain't the well, real power. But think about Does what Rothschild that go to fucking. Well, but <laughs> he's writing about it because 
there's so many layers to it, right? Where it's like a person who belongs to a religion from the perspective of the government, like they understand religions to an extent. It's something they've been around before. It's not something new, you know, there's laws for it. So by playing the example for the public of like, oh, our president is blank, like, like fill in the blank. He's whatever. He's Christian. He's Catholic, whatever. It's like, oh, look, they take their oath on the Bible. Oh, there's pictures of them going to church. It plants the mind in the public's or it, not plant the mind. Sorry. It plants the image in the public's mind that the powerful people are like God fearing people. And like we read the Bible, too, and some form of religion is good. Now, how that ties to the alien stuff is, is this, right? The Freemasons, and I, I'm sorry to keep taking it back to that, but it ties into the psychedelics too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a requirement in Freemasonry that you belong to a religion. Yes, I believe in a higher power. Yeah, Exactly. Like that you go to, you have some type of spiritual belief or go to some kind of church or whatever. In other words, they don't want people who don't, who don't submit themselves to like a higher force. And that sounds all well and good. It's like, yeah, cool. Let's all be pious. Right. But just think about why would a fraternal organization have as a requirement for entry that you believe in a higher power. Mm. They are, are at nature, a hierarchical group. So by manipulating your access to the higher power, they can control your social life, all this kind of stuff. How does this apply to the aliens and the psychedelics? Okay, so I just posted on Twitter. Uh, so I guess this is going to be coming out on Friday and this is on Thursday night. So on Thursday, I posted on Twitter and I also shared an excerpt on my Substack about how um, the DMT research in the 90s. I don't know if y'all are familiar with like Rick Grassman and the spirit. Yep, exactly. So what a lot of people don't know is that that was funded by the Freemasons whoa i did not know that because he did not i didn't hear he literally i'm gonna read his book again <laughs> read his book from cover to cover and don't skip any lines he literally I never says, did but no, i was no, no. looking for this i was so I, swept up in the experiences exactly. you know same dude i read same with spirit speeches <laughs> i read the whole spirit molecule at least two or two or three times and nice. it was the same for me where like the first time i read it i was thinking about the geometry and the aliens and whoa all this stuff but i read it again and again and I realized in the acknowledgments, he's like, I'd like to thank Daniel X. Friedman and the Scottish Rite Foundation for their generous wow. contribution to my work. And then later on, if you actually read the book, he says, oh, m my friend Daniel Friedman, um, he, uh, he helped me get the approval from the FDA that I needed. And he also sat on the board of the Scottish Rite Foundation. And it mm -hmm. turns out, which is the public name for the Freemasons, like the right, right. Scottish Rite Foundation is the traditional public name. If you look up a Masonic group, a lot of them are some branch of the Scottish Rite Foundation. It goes back to the history, all this kind of stuff. But And then in the Spirit Molecule, I don't know off the top of my head which page number, but I do write about this in my last book, uh, Drugism. Mm -hmm. he, he explains how his relationship to this guy named uh, Friedman who he heavily implies but doesn't explicitly state that he's a mason because it's like to be on the board of the scottish Rite foundation i would presume that they have i don't think they would be having people who aren't freemasons on their board i don't know so i can't say like i know daniel freeman was a freemason 
but uh, he's but adjacent Rick, to a lot of yeah. bad things. Yeah, and Rick Stressman said that he sat on the board for the Scottish Rite Foundation, which mm. is because what a lot of people also may not be aware of is that the Scottish Rite Foundation had already funded DMT research in the seventies. Oh, they were doing well. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. They created yeah. the hippie revolution. Well, yeah, there's a whole lot there, right? Oh, and yeah. Laurel um, Canyon, you right? Know about exactly. Laurel Canyon. Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, yeah. And so, um, Strassman got the plug to the Freemason money from this dude, uh, Friedman, and then this other guy that he met at Stanford named um, Harmon, uh, Willis Harmon, H A R M A N. He worked at the Stanford research institute yeah, mk ultra all that stuff. <laughs> basically <Yeah. laughs> um he was actually uh close personal friends with rick strassman and they had a couple of long conversations about the direction that Harmon thought that the research and the movement should go in and oh. it's really crazy and strassman writes about this in his books and he writes in one of his books it was due to, and here, I actually, you know what? I don't want to misquote, so I'm just going to pull yeah, it up. Yeah, sure, quick grab it, man, yeah. I actually just wrote about this in the excerpt that I just did on my Substack. So if the listeners out there want to read along with me. Oh, and we'll be definitely uh, yeah, tagging um, or, you know, linking Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they can find all my links and my Twitter and stuff, yeah. Um, but uh, so what yeah. Strassman said, he said, it, it is, quote, in response to his request that I include, and by his request, he means Harmon, yeah. that I include in this book, highly speculative ideas. And then he goes on to explain like alien encounter, like is DMT a portal to aliens? And like, is DMT the key to spiritual experience? And like the, all of this kind of stuff. So he actually openly says that he was specifically asked to as associate DMT with these ideas by Willis Harmon, who worked at Stanford at a department that did chemical weapons research that was backed by the military. Huh. It's all, and so it's like, okay, so this dude who worked at Stanford on LSD research, and if you read into Harmon's history, it's just crazy. I, and I don't mean to keep using that word because I know some people don't like the word crazy. I'm sorry. I was literally <laughs> in a mental institution. So like, I'm, I'm sorry if I keep using that word, but anyway. Anyway, that was kind of random, but no, worry, I, no worries, brother. Yeah. Harmon. Okay. So Harmon is telling Strassman, Hey, I think you should um, like write about how DMT might be some alien stuff, or like it might be the key to all the religions. And then you have the freedman guy with the Freemasons who is helping him get the money. So if you look at like, and again, cause this goes to your opening question, the driving forces, like, yeah. Like, what are the driving forces behind all this stuff, right? Like, as I said, I was go I smoked DMT obsessively as a teenager. I read Rick Strassman, and I didn't even notice this stuff about the Freemasons because I was no, so me neither, man. I was obsessed. Then, yeah, I would skip yeah. over who yeah. suggested it to him. That's yes. nuts. But then if you actually read his book again, it's like, okay, so he was getting money from the Masons. He was being told what to write about by this dude who did it's just like Harmon at Stanford, all kinds of weird stuff there. Like mm. those in my, that's what I see as the driving forces. And then it's like, why would the Freemasons be into this stuff? So it's interesting. Um, the DMT heads out there may know that one of the family of species that is the 
highest of the natural sources of DMT is the um, acacia trees. Mm. And the burning bush thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, there's a whole lot there to it. Yeah, like Mr. On- Joe Rogan, Mr. Yeah. I'm not bought off. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot there. He's the I mean, new Terrence McKenna, man. Mr. I'm not he's he's miss, he's the he's McKenna for the 21st <laughs> yeah. century. Well, okay, so yeah, he's I selling it all. I'm also he's, doing. He a, approves every new hero for us along the way. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah. all the talking heads that we're supposed yeah. to listen to. Yeah. I'm not even if you're not a fan of him. He yeah, gets yeah. Our, he gets conversations yeah. going yeah, between totally. all the people that we're supposed yeah, to be totally. in place yeah. and hearing. No, totally. That's I'm a rant. A, so any on its no, own. No, it's a very relevant rant. Like, I mean, I'm doing an interview that'll be out like later with um Danny Katz, who's uh-huh. on on YouTube, and she did a video about like she looked at the PhD thesis of Lex Friedman, which is about like like monitoring and influencing behavior change. Whoa. He's the, he's the new out al- <laughs> with Christ, with computer man. networks. <laughs> yeah uh, and then she's 1920s all over again and she starts putting together all the pieces and stuff and you know this directly ties into what was going on with the psychedelics like yeah. like anyway so, and in social behavior uh like the house of truth uh, so i've learned i gotta turn you on to a guy i've had him on my show a billion times yeah um he goes his name is Dwayne, and he, he runs bulletproof publishers bulletproofpub.com okay. and he has a ton this is his wheelhouse of where this stuff comes from yeah. and you're hitting on points that some some of which he hits on some of which he doesn't focus on yeah. and it's just more pieces of the puzzle and exactly. he always exactly. says exactly. we got to find the others that are telling this story that are looking at this stuff and and yeah. can run with it and totally yeah so i see a lot of i mean not to cut the story off here or or stop the mm-hmm. convo yeah. but i see a lot of good collaboration happening to to untwist some mm-hmm. crazy shit in in history uh Totally up ahead of us, so that's, I that's good news. I think this problem. is this is good. How do you like in this, Shane? What are you What are your thoughts so far yeah. on all this? This is fucking blowing my mind. I don't, I don't <laughs> even know what to say. It I'm fits so many pieces, right? I'm gonna take a bong here. Real I quick. have a I have hell a yeah, man! Cheers. <laughs> I want to hear uh, stuff, crazy, you know, crazy, crazy thoughts. What are your What are your crazy thoughts? Um. Probably, I mean, I've definitely said them at least on my show once, or you probably heard me say this before, but like, you know, what if, uh, what if, like, boom, right now, consciousness just popped into Shane here talking in this podcast, and uh, reality was just now created for me. I have all the memories of Shane's whole life. But I, every existence duality, boom, just started right now, and all this story is just here for me to go along and do what I please with it. <laughs> and uh, not saying there's no karma along with yourself, right. you know. But uh, what do you guys think about that? Man, yeah. So Shane's I'll higher have a than second me. thought on it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where I, my brain is like. No, but I hear you because been. that's where all of our conversations, even if we're talking about all the bad guys versus Big good guys and who it's from and where it's going, no matter what, right? What we come back evil, to our our red button that we talk about. What if all the evil is ultimately for good? right or yeah we're part of like that's the thing that's the thing like one thing they can't do with psychedelics is they can't 
tell you, they can't program what the psychedelics are going to show you because the psychedelics don't even do it. The psychedelics fit like receptors into our brains. We know that. And then boom, they allow a situation like Aldous Huxley, shady as fuck as he is. He was right in describing it to us as like a reducing valve or like something like that, where psychedelics basically just hold a door open for all the experience that, we're already having and containing in this yeah. survival mode, this fight or flight mode to yeah. kind of relax and start to, okay, start to see things for the way they really are for a minute amongst yeah. all our anxieties, just from coming out of the womb and going from one extreme to another, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but no, I, I'm Shane, what you were saying, like, yeah, it all comes down to like this ultimate, like, what psychedelics have shown us really. Yeah. And for me, it's like consciousness is way beyond self or individual selves. I love Walter Russell's work. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, Vince, but he's a man that like, no matter what people think about Einstein, uh, in his dying days, he said that that was one of his biggest regrets was to not uh, study the work of Walter Russell that was, handed to him uh years earlier and now walter russell is gaining some speed with his uh universal one theory and stuff like that Hmm. a lot of crazy stuff but that's kind of what i've gotten from psychedelics and i see it out there in the physical world or from other people and i go ah so that we must have pinged on some noble truth there or something like that you know and shane and i often talk about how the individual selves are all illusory and there is only one thing here. Really? A lot of physicists say this. And uh, I don't find that to be, and a lot of people in my community would to be the, uh, the, the distraction or the lie. Yeah. I don't find that to be the lie. I think that's the experience and the knowledge that they would like to gatekeep basically right yeah but it's coming out though that's what i see everywhere from a lot of again like controlled right but people that are supposed to be counterculture you know yeah well and there again there's many different dimensions to it where like you asked earlier like even though they're pointing us in one direction is that actually the direction that their head is at personally or are they on some other stuff but then what 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 shane said like it also i don't maybe i'm just i don't know like maybe i've been reading too much plato but like what shane described it reminded me of uh another passage from plato where he used very very comparable language um about the the construction of consciousness like coming from different sources being affected by different things and um he he wrote something along the lines of that like uh the various forces of life are like uh, strings which are pulling on our souls in different directions, kind of. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because that is also actually <laughs> another passage that um, if, like, I just noticed more recently, like, I, I thought that was kind of cool already when I was reading Plato. And then I just learned a few weeks ago that, um, that Gordon Wasson actually quotes that line from Plato to try to explain like what the mushrooms can allow you to see. Mm. So like, I think there's a lot of truth to what both of you are saying. 
everything that y'all have said so far, I immediately, it's like, yes, there's, you know, I, it, it is consistent with the themes that I've seen in my own research. And I think, I think there's a lot going on here and yeah, I mean, it's definitely one thing I haven't talked about a whole lot is the, like the chaos. I guess I have, but like, even when I was in, you know, the singularity experience, I've talked about a whole lot. I've experienced singularity before and it was you know infinite love and bliss of the, the love of every kind you could think of and uh you know eventually it got it got boring and it was like i wanted to move on but i'm not sure if it, it's, it's so hard to even recall that experience i just have like a bits of it you know of course and but there was a still a chaos to it you know, it was like I, I felt bored, like I felt love and bliss for eternity, but also feeling like bored for eternity. So like it wasn't like my it was like, yeah, I want to fucking get things going again. Boom, duality, get some fucking humans killing shit. And, and uh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that's why I think I agree. And Shane and I talk. But I, about I don't all, feel all, sorry, like man. go ahead. The personality part of it that was still somehow there you know um initiated it you know it was still like there was some sort of karma or something that still had to even be worked out within source or singularity you know yeah and, i like that yeah and i'll just put all of my psychedelic experiences have like have never been like i'm gonna fucking like my best friend's gonna walk in the door right now like maybe or like i don't know i haven't like manifested anything i guess i can't say that but like i can't fucking fly i can't like use the force or some shit i know what you're saying i i think i i think i have an idea of of what you're saying and i agree which is like we think of these drugs that they'll give us almost like a, a magical experience that will somehow like change our the way that we relate to reality but like you do them again and again and again and then kind of realize like they're drugs that you put in your body and they make you feel cool and <laughs> you know <laughs> sure i mean like i'm not trying to reduce it to that but like um your whole thing about like in the early stages this consciousness is bliss but then it begins to turn into boredom and then I think one of you said a, a while back, it's like you spend so much time in that headspace that it begins to question you. It's like, like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you here again? And like, I definitely, I can relate to that. And, but I think what's important for us to keep in mind is that like, this stuff is still all pretty new for a lot of the population. So, mm -hmm. and even though we have our devoted followers who may, have tripped super hard and can keep up with everything that we're saying it's like there are a lot of people out there who have only tripped a couple times and their lives are being totally like changed right now by these experiences and it's like what you said earlier about the solipsis like yeah dude. It's, it's a very common thought when you're tripping to think that like you are the only person who has even like figured this out which is kind of related yeah. it's like and then that will very easily 
kind of turn into this ellipsis where it's like, well, if I'm the only one who realizes this, maybe I actually am the, and then you get the Jesus freaks on acid where <laughs> people eat a bunch of tabs and then they think that they're the walking new Testament and every yeah. word that they say is the truth the new millennium. word gives life. And it's like, I, I've tripped enough to have been around those vibes and, but it's like, eventually, I don't know. I just, I know that what we're saying might sound off the wall to people out there, but I think as time goes on, as more people just like trip their brains out, you know, like whatever happens to them, they learn in like over years, what does this do? Doing it again and again, like, what are you really doing here? I think over time, more and more people will, will resonate with, with what we're saying. Um, that's just my opinion. That's been my own experience with the psychedelics so far, because like, Back when I started the Psych Society, um, it felt like it was new to even be talking about these things. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people were kind of just getting into them and like. And when was that again? When did you start that? Like, um, March like... of 2017. Okay. Yeah. Um, I felt the same way, though, which is yeah. crazy. And people, it's always like this. Because yeah. I felt the same way in the early 2000s. I was. Yeah obsessed with all these writers you know the all of it and and no one would listen it was and and that's the weird part of going through what's happening right now is that suddenly all my enemies are saying what i was saying and they're saying it's their ideas not not that i want credit i'm saying what the fuck i agree with you yeah and then I start to look at the good guys that are wicked famous or not even good guys, but the guys I looked up to in quote unquote right. counterculture right. that right. were also promoting all of it. And it's like, shit, right. it's all one big game. Yeah. It's not that necessarily that truths espoused uh, have no meaning, but you just got to know that it's like 30, 70, right, Shane? 30% truth, yeah, 70% covered in shit. <laughs> you know, like terrence mckenna i when i was listening to thousands of hours of him over and over again i had hundreds of hours of audio of his lectures on my ipod back yeah. in the early two, after 2003 when i graduated yeah. high school getting like some Arm remedial wire. landscaping job making minimum wage fucking listening to him all the time for 10 hours a day yeah. and never once did i notice him talking about we need a one child policy across this whole planet and <laughs> to have a global alliance to do this and all this global shit you should like, have what was wrong with me it. i just wanted to hear about his elves yeah 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 i mean yeah my fancy dmt elves suck me right. off but now i listen to his audio of him telling a quote-unquote joke about how after the fbi was on his tail in la charrera that well they recruited me and i'm just like right right. that's different now i think think someone by the name of uh jan irvin i'm so glad you brought that up y'all know about him yeah because he went Mm -hmm. he like and dennis has tried to discredit him right and and is the bigger voice and jan is the conspiracy theorist but there's some but here's an angle to that what if that's all just part of the act because Jan has reinvented himself many times after burning many people and has supposedly been an fbi informant not to say too much my okay so i However you feel about the rest (laughs) of what Jan Irvin has said and done or whatever, 
The only reason I brought up his a lot name of truth, a lot of truth. Is, well, yeah, I mean, you know, to his credit, he was putting together these pieces like years ago, right? Yeah. The reason I'm bringing this up is because you particularly mentioned the, the Terrence McKenna quote where he said something about they were something like they recruited me and now they've had me in PR for the past 15 right. years. Yeah. And like, so <laughs> it's interesting. Like, I just want to say up front, I am totally open to the idea that Terrence McKenna was involved in some type of intelligence operation. In fact, I wrote about that in my last book. There's oh, did a, you? Okay. I got on my sub stack. Book, yeah. Man. There's a piece on, on my sub stack about how. The first hit of DMT that Terrence McKenna ever took, he said, came from Stanford from the same department. Bro. Remember our friend Willis Harmon? They were under the impression that, that their DMT came from those labs because his friend Rick, I I, I, I believe Rick Watson, who was the friend, he was a good buddy of Terrence McKenna's since they were young. They went yeah. to school together. His friend Rick, who was a a chemistry student at Stanford he was personally acquainted with the people in the Stanford labs who were conducting the psychedelic research Dude, and it's just... he he told this this guy named uh Graham St. John published a pretty cool book about DMT uh the title is some crazy title I'm not even going to try to remember it off the top of my head but it's it's a very cool book but uh he explained that the that Rick um rick told him that the people he knew at stanford were working with dmt and then in his correspondence with um with saint john there's all these clues that rick himself is not even really sure and like maybe it like uh, yeah maybe i did get the dmt from stanford and maybe it was all an operation but mm -hmm. it's like he himself, like this is all so heavy that it's almost like he himself has not even really like fully. It's like, and right. I understand, I understand that, and I've noticed that with a lot of, a lot of people in the field who are, you know, who are very close to um, all of the action, where their consciousness is very heavy with like, was what I did good or bad, like. Which is kind of what what we were talking about. I mean, it really is like the whole idea of the useful idiot and stuff. But yeah, absolutely, get, and uh, that's like, the thing. A lot of truth from Terrence yeah, and all of yeah, these exactly. people, and I think there is a lot of unwilling participants as well. Yeah. There's yeah. more unwilling than yeah, than like yeah, let's fuck humanity. Like right. there's not <laughs> a lot of them. I don't think. Right. So I just want to clarify though that personally. I'm not I'm not personally convinced that the one quote from Terrence McKenna Fair. that Irving has drawn attention to. I respect his his research, but that particular quote just doesn't do it for me because I've That's read the whole, the whole passage and like it's pretty clear he's talking about mushrooms. But look, I could be wrong. I, I'm not trying to say that um that Jan Irvin's overall thesis is wrong or that Terrence McKenna was not working with the feds for all we know, like they're both correct. I, I, I don't know, but it, I'm just going to, to explain this for, or I, I have been explaining this for listeners because this is some interesting back history for people who have already been exploring these for years, because what, what Andy explained kind of, or what he alluded to is that when Irvin, I mean, a, when Irvin even began to publish this kind of stuff, like, he immediately was like a, a reject and he had actually he had also personally spent time with a lot of the big names and stuff but then 
he started putting together these pieces and was like an outcast and people would like laugh about his work. And I think there is a lot of stuff to his work that is worth checking out, but I do almost think he did himself a disservice with the McKenna thing. And like, Mm. maybe it's true, but like, here's the thing is like a lot of Irvin's research was, was pretty solid, but by being so adamant that like, yes, Terrence McKenna was a fan and this obscure quote in one speech about mushrooms is the proof. It's like, if he had even just said like, like maybe, and not like, yeah, it's like, it's interesting because I have a lot of respect for his other, his other work and research, but that particular quote just doesn't do it for me. And I think that like his story is just a good, I don't know, like I'm still learning from it, honestly, myself, because like, it's a really good example of like the relationship between like people like ourselves who are trying to draw attention to these more uncomfortable aspects. Mm -hmm. It's like how careful we have to be with every single fact and every single source, because it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the right integrity, man. And it, it is. Yeah, integrity well, and, and, and I'm not trying to, to and I'm using it anecdotally, all. honestly, like yeah, I don't hold, me. I don't hold desperately to it, but I do put yeah. it out there for people. Right. I put out his big speech about yeah. how every woman should have one child and this control state, but that it's a beautiful control state. You know, yeah, I never even heard that quote. Which I can, is I can link and, you to it, but yeah. That, and the thing is, so, is I do think that even a, a man like Terrence, sorry to cut you off. Just no, no, go for it. A man like Terrence and others like him, uh, that may have been involved uh, to some degree. I think, again, we could go back to this idea of the useful idiot. Yeah. Because, like, in regards to, like, being brought up to think a certain way, again, yeah. you just need... He didn't. He wasn't a hippie from the 60s. The MK Ultra, the control of culture through psychedelics and drugs and rock and roll, all that stuff, was already going on long before Terrence was an adult. Like, he's a... I mean, I don't want to say victim, yeah. but like he's a product I mean, of it. Just like yeah. you said from the very beginning, how our yes. culture was in, yes. indoctrinated into this. Yes. So yes. was he. So oh, he's absolutely. a deliverer of the message as well. He's not, 100%. you know, and I agree 100%. with that. So yeah. Here's here's what I, I, I'm actually really glad you brought up Terrence and mm-hmm. even that quote, because like it, I've, I've actually kind of been wanting to like, to talk about this and you cool. this show is really the 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 perfect place for this which is like even though i don't necessarily agree with that one particular quote or whatever about the agents and the mushrooms and stuff that like his thesis did cause me to question things and i i did go back and very closely examine terence mckenna's life now hmm. what is interesting is um he grew up in colorado and it's just there's a lot of interesting stuff that was going on in Colorado. And of course, now they're at the forefront of the movement with the mushrooms and yeah. the decrim and all the stuff. Everybody's and it's following their lead, even California, which yeah, is crazy. yeah, well, exactly. And what's interesting is like when Terrence McKenna was a when Terrence and Dennis both were were uh were kids, um their mother actually was the personal assistant to Henry Kaiser, which I don't know if either of you are familiar of um he's a huge industrialist he started the healthcare operator like kaiser but he also had a kaiser permanente order yes Yes. 
he also had a company where he would like do construction and architecture for the government and stuff like that. He yeah, was I mean, tight. construction. <laughs> well, he, was, he just he was one of these guys who had a lot of money, and when you have a lot of money, you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, you, you know? just so, own companies. Yeah, and companies. yeah, he got a lot of contracts from the government, and he mm. was very close with like the president. Like, I forget. I I want to say FDR, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But, um. Henry Kaiser is an interesting figure. Now, what's also is interesting is that another person who worked at the Kaiser Foundation in the same period that Terrence McKenna's mother was the personal assistant for Henry Kaiser was Timothy Leary. Uh, A lot of his early research about the personality was done for Kaiser. And in that same time period, I don't know if if you all know this, but um, way before he got into the acid and the mushrooms, Tim Leary actually wrote a questionnaire that was used by the CIA for their new recruits. And inside the agency, they called it the Leary test. So it'd be like, oh, did you give the new guy the Leary test yet? And it probably was something they did in conjunction with like, you know, how there's like the truth, the lie detectors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's like a whole process. He was a psychologist. He was a high-ranking yeah. psychologist. And yeah. he was, yeah, and he he was working at uh, the University of California at Berkeley, which is another heavy institution. Which y'all y'all dig this? Uh, the Berkeley campus of the University of California was established by a very high-ranking Skull and Bonesman. Ah, so it's just crazy, like. If the people out there who are into the skull and bone stuff and want to connect the dots back that far. Oh, the, I, yeah, I am. <laughs> the, the campus that Leary was doing his early research at was Berkeley, which a, a lot of the, there's a lot of drugs at Berkeley. There was also a lot of like radical backlash among the students at Berkeley and then a very strong like reaction from, but anyway, that's a whole other thing. But Tim Leary, while he was making this, uh, questionnaire for the cia and was working for the kaiser foundation we have mckenna and then it's interesting because colorado i'm honestly still trying to figure that one out i think the cia had announced that they were planning to move their headquarters out to denver at some point but i don't know if that actually materialized but i do think like the airport (laughs) yeah there's something going on out there and like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say anything I don't know because I I will admit I still have to do more research on Colorado but I think it's yeah. interesting because another dot to connect to Colorado is that Tim Scully and Owsley Stanley who were cooking up a lot of the acid and stuff in the 60s right mm-hmm. when the bay area got too hot for them they moved to Colorado, Colorado. and they it's bought a Colorado big Springs, house in the right? suburbs I, I forget the exact town. You're, uh, well, Colorado Springs is the fucking. I think you're right, actually. It's the I think center right. of this all in Colorado. I, I think you're correct. I don't know off the top of my head, but they moved to Colorado and they bought a suburban house with a closed garage door where they could bring in the trucks with their drug gear, close the garage door and pretend that they're just a nice another little. And then they were cooking up a lot of the drugs that were being fed into the West coast and the East coast drug pipelines from a little suburban home in Colorado. And I think it's interesting because like Terrence McKenna grew up in a little suburban home in Colorado. That's right. 
his mother works just for picking Kyber. up rocks with his brother like, out in the desert. Yeah, there's just it's weird how this all connects, which kind of goes picking back picking up to, rocks. He was yeah. yeah, he was a geologist in, in rocks. You know, they were obsessed with I smoke rocks. He was always obsessed with discovering the smaller parts of things. Well, he collected remember. insects and butterflies and stuff. That's part of that's what, right. There's a lot of rock smoking in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bad. Not rocks. <laughs> well, he did mention that a couple times, but yeah, insects too. I think he's into the rocks too. And, I think yeah. he was into the rocks too. He was geology and things like yeah. that. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, there's a lot there. I don't know. I mean, I think. I think we've covered a ton of shit already and I, we could keep going, but it's getting late over here. Yeah, It has been an hour and a half. Well, uh, Hey, this is right in our wheelhouse. We could go longer. I mean, do you want to, how about we wrap it up? Is there anything I know I've kind of been like rambling and I, pardon no, we all ramble. Me. That's, that's, that's like that's I said, in what the, we have you the, on uh, for. Hell is yeah, any, man. It's just a conversation. Yeah. You know? Are there anything that you guys were curious about that you want to just bounce off me real quick before we, we do close it out um because i know y'all both have done a lot of research that touches on a lot of like uh, andy mentioned aldous huxley and i know there's just a lot Dude, of others. so andy I mean, has yeah, done we, a lot of research shane shane is the subjective observer and you know he that's why you well, come in with the great slams important. but um uh aldous huxley that's a rabbit hole for sure um yeah mm. i did mention him and then i mentioned uh bulletproof publishers but yeah aldous huxley seems more and more complicit rather than some sort of uh warning like messiah like telling us what's coming or, or something yeah. like that yeah um he he finds himself in really interesting places and i yeah. i don't want to speak uh incorrectly because i'm gonna fuck up a lot of the details that Dwayne has worked so deeply on so i i just direct direct the listeners to check out bulletproofpub.com and Word. check out all the articles tons of articles and it's basically like cracking open the entire 20th century and where yeah. all this shit comes from because it the psychedelics are a massive part of it and we've covered a lot of that tonight and you've enlightened both of us on a number of parts of it that i've never even heard that fall in line with so much more like yeah. where it comes from in the early 20th century and the early beginnings of this degradation of western society altogether and for me which it's not mentioned Dwayne doesn't talk about this but you know my obsession with the ancient past and my you know obsession with Terrence McKenna 20 years ago like his archaic revival seems to be coming to a head here oh yeah you know you could turn on netflix and again this truth mixed in with bullshit yeah. but every show is about the occult so yeah, whether you're a conspiracy totally. theorist that can go oh you see that shit they're just putting it right in our faces <laughs> this is what they're doing or you're someone on the other side obsessed with psychedelics and are yeah maybe i will try witchcraft i want to i want to meet my spirit guides and all right. this kind of shit that right. they're so again that whole angle is bullshit on top of bullshit layered on top of a core truth about consciousness who we really are what yeah. these experiences really mean and they i mean i will have to have other conversations i talk a lot about how folklore and mythology are part of this as well and yeah. it's a it's a partial cover up of a good portion oh, yeah. of history, yeah. but I don't even think it was really covered up. It was just that our language has evolved and our perceptions have been managed to yeah. look at language and look at 
experiences in a very particular way. Yeah. You know, uh, but that's a can of worms for another day. Oh, yeah. Honestly, we've covered well, yeah. a lot here. Well, maybe but, we um, can do that in some future talk, like you said. Fuck yeah. yeah, man. There's a lot to 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 discuss there. It's always good to meet like-minded people, you know, who can talk about topics that you know we're both familiar with. Because yeah, Terrence. No, I'm fucking paranoid. You guys are both fucking AI. Fucking you two are people. You're trying to you're trying to get dude. me. All three of us, man. Like Shane, you ha- you could have said a whole lot more, you know. But maybe that's more why we Shane, need to, yeah. yeah, we need to do a oh, part two. You know, yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> Shane. Yeah, Shane, tired. Shane was vibing on that higher truth. That fucking we're all just consciousness, man. I just like I don't I don't all know. I don't care about anybody's painting. names. Like I don't like I like history. It's fun, but it's all just, just like, like repeats. Once you once you like know like about Rome and. I don't know. I don't know. You just like learn basic history. Yeah. Like it literally all is just repeating. Yeah. And you know, then I learned about box saga through Andy and it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. It's all kind of just the same shit, except for they got giant fuck piles to make <laughs> one person. Um, <laughs> well, pagans. Yeah, man. And they suck on their own dicks. And, uh, you know, not talking <laughs> shit, bro. Wish I could suck my own dick, I guess. I don't... <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole can of worms that I could. <laughs> yeah, you gotta listen to that shit, dude. Oh my god, yeah, uh, that's why there's obelisks all over this fucking bro. planet because ancient pagans were just obsessed with their dicks, and the right, same reason out. why every military pendant when every time you gain a rank, you got a fuck another dick on your above another one, creating the biggest dick you can on your shoulder. It's great. I mean, the uh, whole pagan connection, yeah, is a whole lot. We could unpack the whole like connection to the occult and what's going on there, like how this ties back to all these weird traditions and stuff. Hell yeah, man! There's yeah. so much there. I could turn you on to so so many authors. If you probably heard of some of them, I'm sure. But yeah, we'll have to exchange some notes, man, and and just yeah. jam. But sure. uh, this was really cool. fucking awesome. I yeah. I I got nothing off the top of my head to say. Okay. Shane, what you got anything? Before we wrap things up, you know, I could just fucking completely derail the whole thing and make it a whole another two hour conversation. But <laughs> you know, I think we're gonna save it for part two. Yeah, we, we're, part we'll have two. to do that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Vincent, tell the people on my end where to find you, brother. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you can find a lot of my work at highandmighty.substack.com. And that's high and mighty as in the words. Um, and that's the name of my my new book that's going to be out soon about how people in power use drugs. A lot of what we've been talking tonight about is are things that I write about in the book. So uh, if people dig what they've heard, uh, go and check out my Substack. Um, uh, the paid subscribers will actually get a copy of the book. So if you want like an advance order and you just want to get a copy as soon as I'm done, um that's an option but yeah i'm happy to come back and there's a lot more to discuss here um yeah yeah yeah. so i'll 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 shut up now and we'll continue (laughs) all this in part two i just want to say thank you to andy and shane for having me on the show and thank you to all the listeners and viewers out there for (laughs) for bearing along with us on this this rabbit hole this has been a very interesting conversation that i appreciate y'all both taking the time to have with me so thanks again Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. I'd love to have you on my my show too. Check it out. Yeah, I knew some, but I didn't know it all. (laughs) Yeah, man. It was really great talking to you. I appreciate your work and uh, all the shit you're uncovering and bringing to, you know, bringing more attention to. 
it's what I'm trying to do. It's what a lot of us are trying to do. So I think we're on the right side of history, but who fucking knows, right? Who knows? It's hard to say. Dude, that's what I'm always worried about. I'm like, fuck, like some of this, <laughs> like, like I don't want anyone else to think they have solipsis, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they already do. <laughs> that's why they're like, oh, they hear these guys talking about it. <laughs> they can relate. It's a good, but anyway, anyway, we're gonna Maybe wrap that'll it up. bring them out of it. Go check out Vincent also on Twitter, right? You're yeah, I'll, so I'll tag Twitter, you with my shit. Uh, yeah, Vincent uh, with a V, and then my last name is R A D O. Uh, Vincent Rado. So if you find me on Twitter, I am pretty active on there, and uh, I do follow Fridays, and this is gonna come out on a Friday. So if you want to find some more cool people to follow, come check out my Twitter page. And I got a whole lot of cool friends who also do this kind of research. And it would we all need to have more conversations. So yes, yeah, let's so do exactly. it. Exactly. Thank yeah, you both man. so much. Likewise, thank you. man. Thank you very much. Thank you everybody for watching and listening. Have a great week. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats swimming together, that's hysteria. Enough, I get the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, well, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.